I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is not the London I grew up in. It's time to take back our city. This granny's joining the resistance. Are you? Play Watch Dogs Legion. Available October 29th. Rated M for Mature. Welcome to Scuderia F1, the podcast that's always up to speed with the latest Formula One news. Follow us on Twitter at ScuderiaF1Pod and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Daly and Kevin Laramang. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome back to the podcast. It is always up to speed with Formula One here on the Overtime Media Network. I'm your host, Mark Daly, and it is not a race weekend uh, this week, but still plenty of news going around in the Formula One uh, world that uh, we're going to talk about. And on a night when the President of the United States, Donald Trump, tests positive for COVID-19, as if 2020 could not get any better and any stranger... It just, it never ceases to amaze uh, this year. So any, there you go. Donald Trump testing positive for COVID-19 tonight. Okay, well, let's uh, go back and uh, take a look at the uh, the, the latest uh, Formula One news. Uh, there are plenty of things uh, going on. Still uh, a little bit of a uh, fallout uh, from last weekend's uh, Russian Grand Prix. Well, at least if uh, you're Lewis Hamilton uh, and uh, Mercedes. Uh, still some talk uh, going on uh, about the, the double five-second uh, time penalty that Lewis was given. For the uh, the the, uh, the practice start infringement uh, before the start of the race, anyways, uh, FAA race director Michael Massey says that uh, the FAA is trying to stop uh, Lewis Hamilton. There, there was a couple of things said in the heat uh, in, in the aftermath of uh, what uh, what had happened. Um, anyways, uh, Lewis uh, he was uh, he was given well. First of all, I mean, he, he, this is not the first time he's uh, had uh, some penalties in recent times. He had a 10 seven stop second stop and go penalty at Monza a couple of weeks ago uh, when he went into the pit lane just after uh, race control declared it a close just unfortunate timing i mean at that point he was already committed he couldn't uh, he couldn't get out of it i think even if he wanted to uh anyways um after the the, the latest incident when he was given the double five second uh, penalty uh, at, at sachi last weekend lewis had to say quotes um it, it has to be oh sorry i should go, go back uh, the, the the quote is a little bit uh, out of context if i don't read the uh you know what what came uh, before it anyways he he was asked uh, whether or not he thought that the uh, the the, the penalty that he was given in Saji was excessive and Lewis said quote of course it is but it has to be expected they're trying to stop me aren't they but it's okay I just need to keep my head down stay focused and we'll see what happens uh, end quote. Anyways, I mean, Lewis obviously quite upset about it, and you you can understand why. I mean, uh, two uh, ten second uh, penalties in in you know two out of three races, and they've obviously cost him the uh, the the opportunity to win both of those races. Uh, you know, let, let's just be uh, honest and fair about it. I mean, it cost him two uh, raced wins. Anyways, I, I think it just goes to show you that not even the the likes of great drivers like Lewis Hamilton are completely immune to uh, you know not getting uh, penalized uh, in certain situations. Although the 
start one. I mean, the 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 one at Monza for entering the pit lane when it was closed, that one was a little bit uh, cut and dry. The 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 start one, or the practice start one at Sochi, apparently they have uh, somewhere where that's uh, allowed, and he did it outside of the designated area. So okay, we we know that. So we we don't know exactly, or I don't know exactly whereabouts. Uh, you know how much he missed the 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 safe or the dedicated zone for, but again, it is what it is. But you can understand Lewis's uh, frustration in that. Anyways, uh, you can also, to an extent, uh, understand why he gets uh, upset and, uh, you know, says something like uh, like he did. Anyways, uh, Michael Massey, the race director, said that uh, he, he's always available to, to talk to a driver if he has uh, an issue or a problem with uh, the, the way that things uh, turn out and he wants to discuss that issue. Anyways, uh, Massey had to say, quote, from my perspective, it's very simple. If Lewis wants to raise something, as I've said to him before and uh, said to all the drivers numerous times, the door is always open and I'm more than happy to discuss anything. But I think from an FIA perspective, uh, we are there as sporting regulator to administer the regulations. We have the stewards as an independent judiciary to adjudicate those, and therefore there was an infringement. It doesn't matter if it was Lewis Hamilton or any other the one of the 19 drivers. If a breach has occurred of the regulations, then they will consider it on its merits. And also further to that, I would also say adjudicate, uh, adjudicate it equitably and fairly in the circumstances, taking all the key elements into account, end quote. And I think that's about the only thing that uh, that, that Massey uh, really has to say. I mean, they, they have to be impartial. They have to judge uh, each and everything, uh, each and every case uh, on its own, regardless, uh, like you said, if it's uh, Lewis Hamilton or any uh, one of the other uh, 19 uh, drivers uh, on the grid. But, uh, you know, I mean, the thing is, I mean, it, like, like I say, it has cost Lewis a couple of uh, race victories in, in recent weeks. But I think, um, I don't think that they're, they're, they're honestly trying to artificially, uh, you know, influence the championship or anything like that or, or hold him back. I think it's just uh, unfortunate, uh, you know, the, the way that it's worked out. So like I say, I think the one in Monza was was unavoidable. He was committed to going into the pit lane. And the practice start one, I think that's probably something that they need to discuss as a team at uh, Mercedes because that just seems to be uh, something where he was probably just wasn't informed where he should or he shouldn't. Anyways, uh, Lewis has had a couple of things uh, to say uh, recently. Um, he, well, uh, he's uh, kind of backpedaled uh, a little bit in the, the, the days after the Grand Prix. He, he posted to, to, to social media just a couple of days ago that he's uh, learning and growing after the uh, the, the comments uh, that uh, that he made or he made after the the, the Russian uh, Grand Prix. He, he told um, uh, Sky Sports after the race, "quote I need to go back and see what the rules are, what exactly I did wrong. I'm pretty sure no one has ever got two five second penalties for something so ridiculous before." I didn't put anyone in danger. I've done this uh, at a million tracks over the years and never been questioned over it, uh, but it is what it is, end quotes. So anyways, uh, I mean, I think there was a little bit of compromise on both sides. I mean, he was uh, also uh, given two penalty points on his uh, super license, and then uh, they actually uh, re- reversed that in, uh, in place of a fine uh, for, for Mercedes uh, after they uh, reviewed everything after the race, which I think is probably the right thing uh, to do. Anyways, uh, Lewis made some comments on social media earlier this week, and he said, quote, I may not always get it right in the face of adversity. I may not always react the way you want me to when tensions are high, but I'm only human after all, and I'm passionate about what I do. I'm learning and growing every day and I'll take my lessons and keep fighting on to the next one, end quote. So there you go. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, or pardon me, uh, Max Verstappen and Sebastian Vettel have actually questioned what they call a, a harsh penalty points uh, system in uh, you know, the, 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 the wake of what happened uh, to Lewis at uh, Sochi. Um, so of course, uh, 
he was initially given that uh, two penalty points on his uh, super license that would have given him uh, taken up to 10 out of the uh, for for the last 12 uh, months and if they get uh, up to 12 points then they get a two uh, or sorry an automatic one race uh, banned now that would or that that would really hurt uh, Lewis if he was actually banned for a race uh, rather than uh, taking the time uh, penalties which has obviously affected him uh, quite uh, substantially and uh, at Monza and Sochi the last uh, weekend so uh, like I said I mean they 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 rescinded that and uh, that uh, two point uh, penalty on his super license and find uh, Mercedes 25,000 euros instead. So he would have been one more incident away from actually uh, getting a, a, a ban for the next four races, the notes uh, here, which actually seems a little bit harsh. I got to go and check that out, uh, go back and check my notes. Um, anyways, uh, Max Verstappen said it was a bit harsh to, uh, to actually uh, give penal- uh, Hamilton uh, such a penalty for a mistake that wasn't made by him, but uh, by the team. Uh, anyways, Max had to say, quote, if you cause a crash, uh, it's a difference, uh, but the penalty Lewis got was already painful enough. Uh, I don't know how many points he got. Two points. It's a bit harsh. He's up to 10 points. I mean, it was not correct uh, where he stopped, uh, but penalty points for that, I'm sure that's uh, correct. Uh, he was penalized enough by having uh, this penalty in the race, so I don't think you need to hand out penalty points for that. But I guess we'll talk about it in the next briefing, and we have to uh, have and see if something will happen or not, end quote. Uh, Sebastian Vettel uh, was very much in agreement uh, with uh, Max uh, Verstappen. He had to say, quote, uh, I think if you really do some really crazy moves on the track and some dangerous driving, then they're justified. But if you're speeding through the pit lane or minor infringements, it's probably not uh, the the point to apply penalty points, end quote. And I think so too. I mean, uh, I, I think that, uh, yeah, sure, he was in uh, in in breach of the rules and uh, that there should be some uh, repercussion for that. And I, I think, honestly, you know the, the time penalties like double five second uh, penalties that seemed harsh enough but uh, like uh, was pointed out by Sebastian Vettel and, uh, and and both Max he didn't do anything crazy the the error was in effect uh, you know on the pit wall you know not informing him uh, where he should uh, do his practice starts and to give him to penalty points on his uh, super license on top of that uh, you know for when he didn't actually endanger anybody that seemed a little bit harsh I think that uh, the, the way that they did it Roll back those uh, th- those two penalty points, uh, put the uh, you know uh, you know hand out a fine to the team, and then just uh, go away from the the, the incident, and uh, and leave it at that. Now, team uh, principal at uh, Red Bull, uh, Christian Horner, he believes that the the, the error that uh, Mercedes uh, made uh, is, is something that uh, he sees it as a bit of a, a weakness with the uh, with the team, and he feels that it could actually be a sign that a bit of a complacency is uh, is rolling in. Anyways, um, <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, what Christian had to say, uh, you know, or his thoughts about them. Uh, he says, uh, quote, uh, that's why we, we desperately would like to get a car to challenge them because I think operationally we have a very strong team. We demonstrated that again uh, with the fastest pit stop. And if we didn't break the overall record, we were very, uh, very uh, close to it. It was one of the fastest uh, one that we measured and I got 1.8 seconds on my watch. Um, anyways, he went on to say about uh, Mercedes, uh, we can only focus on ourselves. Uh, Mercedes obviously have had some issues and when you're constantly at the front it's easier sometimes to be a challenger team sometimes complacency can slip in when you've had such appearance of dominance end quote 
Well, that, you know, that is an interesting take. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I, I don't think that complacency is anything that uh, anyone uh, really associates uh, with uh, Mercedes. But, you know, I think they've been proven over time that uh, that they, uh, you know, <laughs> that they are human as well. And they, they do occasionally make mistakes. But the thing is that uh, whenever it happens, they seem to bounce back uh, awfully quickly. So I would be very surprised if we saw anything like that uh, again, certainly in the next uh, couple of races and, and certainly not in the, the, the foreseeable future future but we'll keep an eye on it and see if uh, it's a trend or if just a, a couple of uh, you know bizarre uh, incidents uh, that uh, just kind of uh, came through at the time but you know Christian I think it's an interesting take from somebody that is a direct competitor of, uh, from uh, Mercedes and I think that uh, you're always looking at uh, any way you can get on an edge on one of your competitors and uh, I think maybe that's uh, what, what he's looking at that uh, perhaps they're relaxing a little bit and maybe he feels that could be exploited Anyways, uh, time for a break here at the Overtime Media Network, and I just want to talk to you guys about MyBookie. So winning season is back at MyBookie, and winning season means doubling your first deposit. It also means insane props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers. Winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. The NFL is back, and that means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes. So get in on the action by using my promo code OVERTIME and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. So bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use my promo code OVERTIME and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. All right. Well, welcome back uh, to the show and uh, let's uh, move on. So uh, just uh, I, I just want to cover a couple uh, other things that uh, just came out uh, just to, to, to uh, you know, wrap up this whole thing because I think that the you know this whole incident with um, you know Lewis at uh, at Sochi because I think it's interesting that just uh, when you see Mercedes a team that you don't really uh, expect to make errors with the rules uh, and and uh, and and such right you, we we expect to, to to see them they are the benchmark and the comparison for for everyone else and it, when they, when they do something and get penalized for something as silly as uh, you know uh, you know practice starts in the in the wrong area of the track then. Of course, uh, people are going to, to, to talk about it, but I think it is interesting too because maybe this is a little bit of sign of uh, complacency. Because uh, Andrew uh, Shovelin, who is the the, the the track engineering director at uh, Mercedes Formula One, says that the team actually only expected what he called a telling off for what uh, you know for Lewis's uh, practice starts. Um, so that that is interesting. You know, perhaps uh, that that is a bit of an indication or a bit of a sign. Maybe that's what what Christian Horner is also looking at when he's uh, talking about uh, complacency. Um, anyways, uh, what uh, Shovelin did go on to uh, to uh, explain it a little bit, and he said, "quote In some places, there's a box that they paint on the floor, and you've got to do it in the box. In other places, it's a kind of general area, and often there there's a lot of rubber that's uh, not going to be representative of the grid. The drivers and also the engineers will want to find a, a bit that's closer in terms of grip to the what to expect on the grid. And it was all uh, Lewis asked if he could go a bit further. We hadn't realized how quite uh, far." he was going to go but is really just trying to find a bit of a tarmac that's uh, more like the one you're going to uh, get when you do a proper race start um so anyways uh, he did go on to say uh, that they didn't see the first one and when they thought the saw the the second practice start uh, they actually thought that uh, at that point that the the, the stewards uh, were actually going to uh, have a bit of an issue with it they thought that uh, Lewis's second practice start wasn't dangerous and uh, and uh, he said even that uh, the the event notes that they had it was on the right hand side 
side of the track just after the pit, uh, pit exit, and they thought it might have been a, a bit of a gray area or ambiguous said uh, that uh, they just have, would have had like a, a verbal warning or something instead. So um, he, he, he did go on and finally to say that it was a big surprise that they didn't like it, even though that seems to contradict what he was saying before that, uh, that they felt that they might have a, an issue with that one. And uh, he, he, he said that, uh, that, uh, that there may have been uh, no doubt that there may have been teams that actually flagged it in his own words as to whether the, uh, the FIA or the stewards uh, spotted it themselves. So uh, maybe uh, they, they feel that uh, somebody had pointed it out to the stewards rather than stewards uh, finding itself. But it is interesting. I mean, uh, it, it's a, sort of a bit of a contradictory kind of message there. And on one hand, he's saying, yeah, they, they, we, we thought that uh, we were going to have an issue uh, with it right away and then uh, maybe not so much. But uh, obviously, at the end of the day, it was uh, a big enough of a deal. And, uh, well, you know, uh, maybe Christian Horner is on to something. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Anyway, so just to finally uh, wrap this uh, th- this one up, uh, Lewis said that uh, Mercedes have to do a lot better and uh, don't even give the stewards of what he calls uh, a sniff of uh, rule infraction uh, to, uh, to to penalize them uh, going forward. Uh, I mean, uh, again, you see some of the quotes uh, Lewis uh, called the, the the penalty, quote, ridiculous and quote, uh, BS, uh, you know, long form of that uh, right after the race. Uh, anyways, uh, Lewis did have to go through and he said, uh, uh, quote, I guess we'll go through the rule book and pick out areas where uh, they can create rules, areas where penalties have never been given before. We'll try to figure it out, uh, all the ones that they have and try to make sure that we cover ourselves and the ones that uh, we are aware of. I don't think anyone's had the penalty uh, for that before, so we'll just work hard. We've gone through enough seasons before without penalties, so we just have to make sure I give them no reason, not even a sniff, to be able to do something, end quote. So uh, Christian Horner, he also is, uh, was talking about uh, Mercedes and says that uh, their car this year, the W11, is the most complete car uh, that uh, they've ever built, uh, and or Mercedes, that is, and the most uh, complete uh, car in the modern area this, uh, of, of Formula One. So this is, uh, you know, very, very uh, interesting, uh, you know, especially when... Um, when you think about it, and uh, these aren't uh, new cars this year. I mean, they're just uh, developments on, on on last year's car. So to uh, really refine that, uh, the, you know, the, that design and and take it forward and, and make it even uh, better, and uh, you know, get the praise of uh, rivals, especially uh, you know, Red Bull is uh, obviously a, a big rival of uh, Mercedes. I think is uh, you know uh, you know quite telling. Anyways, uh, Christian to say quote Mercedes has done a very good job this year. It is probably their most complete and rounded car, probably of the last six or seven years from them. So they've set the bar very high, uh, you know, but uh, that's what we have to aim for, end quote. And that is absolutely true. I mean, ever since uh, this uh, turbo hybrid era came into uh, effect uh, back in 2014, I mean, it really has been Formula Mercedes, right? I mean, they've been absolutely untouchable uh, in most uh, in most seasons. I mean, they've won every drivers and constructors uh, championship uh, since then. And I mean, that's you know, occasionally uh, somebody rises up and challenges them. I mean, most recently uh, Ferrari, but. It, it, it's unfortunate uh, they, they started to tail off last year. I mean, this year they're closer to Williams in terms of pace than uh, Mercedes, which is uh, disturbing. And uh, and Red Bull, although Max has had some good races, obviously he's won. You know, he had the opportunity to win already this year. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's just that he's still just not quite close enough to to challenge them under uh, normal circumstances. I mean, uh, Max probably should have won both races at uh, at Silverstone, but uh, you know, Lewis uh, was able to struggle 
go home on the Mercedes uh, tricycle after he had that puncture right at the end. But I mean, uh, the, the thing is, under normal circumstances, uh, Lewis, he's close, but, or sorry, uh, Max is close, but not quite uh, close enough. I mean, it must be so frustrating to know that uh, you know, you're better than everybody else, but you're still not quite close enough to, to, to beat the guys that uh, you're really uh, aiming for. And it really is a case of uh, that, that everybody else really is uh, chasing Mercedes. They have been that gold standard for, for so many years, but it, 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 not, it, it isn't easy, especially in this era where there, there has been no uh, cost controls and uh, you know, that they've been uh, free to do what, uh, you know, spend what they want and how they, you know, see fit uh, more or less. Right. But I mean, we have this uh, decreasing cost cap coming in for next year, and uh, that that's really going to be interesting to see how that that affects uh, you know the, the 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 big teams, the the Ferraris, the Mercedes, and to some extent uh, the, the the Red Bulls, uh, even though that the, they they don't spend typically as much as say a Ferrari or Mercedes, but uh, they they spend more than other teams, right? So it, it will be, I think, a real test, uh, a real. Yeah, I guess you could say a test, a real indication of of how well this uh, you know this cost cap is going to work, uh, you know, going forward next year and in in years to come. Whether or not uh, this uh, you know everybody has uh, you know similar funds to work with and has you know the similar you know finances uh, that that they have, whether or not this is going to lead to more equality, more parity in terms of uh, preser- uh, performance on the track, or is it still just going to be a, a you know a, a matter of the the, the team. Teams that with the best minds are still going to you know figure out a way to win, and I I, su- I suspect that's going to be a way. I mean, you could all have the same amount of money, but if you don't know how to spend that money wisely, or you go down the wrong path in terms of uh, development and the engine or the aero package or both, then uh, it doesn't really matter. You know, you're still going to have a car that uh, doesn't really work uh, as good compared to your competitors. Anyways, uh, time for another break here on the Overtime Media Network. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. Passion drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. 
They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is not the London I grew up in. It's time to take back our city. This granny's joining the resistance are you play watchdogs legion available october 29th rated m for mature all right well welcome back to the show and uh, sticking with uh, the theme just before we went to the break there red bull spent 237 million pounds last year in 2019 and that was actually a slight reduction uh, from the the, uh, the the year before when they spent uh, about 239 and a half million pounds and uh, that was uh, after uh, you know the, the, the past uh, previous years where they had to increase in their spending uh, they uh, spent uh, 33 and a half million pounds more in 20 2017 and then 12 uh, just under 13 million pounds in 2018 so i mean that that is just an amazing kind of money and uh i think that uh, a, a lot of it uh you know has to do that um with this um you know well i'm just looking here at the exchange rate and uh, doing the uh you know the the the, the crunching uh, of it i mean the, the 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 budget cap of uh, 145 million dollars next year is uh you know works out to 113 million pounds so that's less than 50 percent than uh, what uh you know the what they're already uh currently uh spending so you know that that is really really uh, amazing um christian horner insists that the red bull uh, numbers are actually a true reflection of the uh, you know the actual cost of uh, running a formula one team and uh so that's uh, really <laughs> really is kind of some massive massive uh, numbers so it was like i was saying uh, before the uh, you know the the the, the break that uh, you know with, with all these uh, you know the, these cost uh, caps uh, you know there, there are exclusions to things and uh, you know that uh, what will be included in it and what won't be and we got this token system coming in for next year uh before the new cars that were supposed to debut next year roll out in 2022 so it is kind of interesting to to, to see that but um it will be interesting to see i think just in general seeing how you know the the, the formula one teams how they spend their money and uh, when they're on that equal footing how, how you know how that uh, is going to play out on the track so certainly i think it's uh, very interesting to, to to follow that and uh see uh you know what what the teams are going to do with it i, th- I think it's going to lead to, to to more creativity and more thinking outside of the box and uh, i really hope that uh, that uh, especially when the new cars come in in 2022 that it's going to uh, lead to more action uh, on the track and more exciting races but you know when time will only tell and uh we'll, we'll know and uh you know, but it will be interesting at least in the short term to see how the cost cap uh, works anyways uh, just uh, going back talking about some of the other teams uh, esteban alcoff from uh, renault says that uh, russia was his uh, strongest race of the year until his 
uh, pit stop. Uh, he was actually up to fourth uh, at the start, and then uh, was uh, you know it was uh, he was running ahead of his uh, teammate uh, Danny Ricardo, and then uh, Alcon found it uh, difficult on the hard tire and uh, had to actually switch uh, positions, uh, track position with his uh, teammate and let uh, Danny Ricardo go by. Uh, anyways, Esteban had to say, "quote uh, Probably the first part of the race, I agree, is probably my strongest of uh, my season so far. I had a good start, and the pace was very, very strong. In that uh, soft stint, uh, very comparable to to Daniel, except I managed the, to keep the tires a bit more alive for a couple more laps, which definitely uh, felt nice. Unfortunately, after the pit stop, though, with the hard tires, it was a bit more difficult. So we have uh, a few things uh, to review on that. There were potentially a few more points on the the, the table on my side, possible. Uh, but you know, we're getting there. It's a uh, quite a good sign that we've had uh, such good pace in the first stint. Obviously, it doesn't feel fantastic because of that second stint, but I mean, it's still a decent uh, result for the team because we're catching on uh, third place in the constructors, so it's all following well, end quote. Now, uh, Danny Ricardo, his teammate, uh, believes that uh, Renault can be uh, st- uh, strong at all the uh, tracks for the rest of the year, and uh, you know they've had some pretty good uh, results over the past uh, little while. Ricardo finished fourth at Spa, sixth at Monza, fifth at Mugello, and uh, fifth at uh, Sochi, uh, you know, even though he was given a a time penalty there uh, so you know, th- th- those are some pretty decent uh, results uh, for for Renault and I mean last year I mean th- when they took over Lotus a couple of years ago they slowly but surely were, were sort of trending upwards they sort of uh, plateaued there last year I thought I felt it was a bit of a step backwards for them but this year we're seeing a bit of a, a progression uh, forward and I think that uh, you know it's it's, it's really a, a good indication of where this uh, team is uh, heading uh, Ricardo is uh, sixth in the world championship only uh, you know, two points uh, behind uh, Lando Norris and just uh, you know it's 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 really you know really good for him I mean uh, Ren- uh, Renault is uh, fifth in constructors uh, 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 championship and uh, they're only seven points uh, points behind McLaren who have been uh, in third place uh, most of the season so uh, Ricardo uh, had to say uh, quote after this uh, weekend I can certainly be more more confident uh, moving forward uh, Nico Hulkenberg did he uh, did pretty well around here last year he's talking about Sachi but it certainly wasn't our strongest track and personally it's never been my strongest track so to put in a good result here personally uh, but also have the car underneath uh, underneath me here really uh, from FP1 onwards I think that says a lot it gives me confidence now I think that at any track we go to whether it's a top five car I don't know but I certainly think uh, we can realistically aim for Q3 at every track now no matter what the layout end quote so I think that uh, you know it's interesting uh, still not uh, I mean he seems to be a little bit on the fence uh, whether it's a, a top five car but certainly like I say I mean the results have been more uh, more positive uh, for, for Renault and uh, in the last uh, several races and and that's going to be another interesting one to watch because what with uh, you know, a bit of uh, you know musical chairs going on with the drivers what with science leaving mclaren going over to ferrari and then ricardo going over to mclaren for for next year i, I think it's going to be uh, really interesting to, to to make that comparison uh, with the ricardo and see how things are going for him at mclaren compared to uh how things are going to go with uh renault next year with that uh you know that tandem of uh, uh fernando alonso and esteban alcon but uh, I, I think that uh, you know looking at the uh you know the pairing for mclaren next year danny ricardo and lando norris i i like that pairing of uh you know those two drivers mclaren is uh, definitely a team that have uh, revived the, their fortunes but uh, you know they, they that's why i think that it's going to be a very interesting situation to watch because i think uh, you know it's a very very 
similar team to uh, uh, to Renault, and that's why I think it's going to be uh, fun to watch that and see. You know, did, did uh, Ricardo make the right decision? Go to McLaren. I mean, it was questionable two years ago when he decided to leave uh, Red Bull and go to, uh, to to Renault. Obviously, that hasn't worked out as well as he'd hoped. I mean, um, uh, Renault last year in his first year there didn't work out uh, as well as he hoped this year. An improvement, but uh, obviously, Ricardo he's not going to be content with sort of uh, running in the middle of the pack. Uh, I mean, this is a guy that's uh, won races, been a regular on the podium over the years. And uh, certainly I think that, uh, you know, going to McLaren, he feels in his own mind, that is uh, the, 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 the right move uh, for him. And, you know, they're aiming to, to get back on the podium themselves, but, you know, by that same token, so are uh, Renault. And that's why I think it's going to be a fun one to watch because uh, you know, we'll, we'll see next year. Well, because well, number one, I mean, it, w- it would have been interesting uh, right off the bat if, uh, you know, uh, McLaren was going to have uh, Renault engines next year. They're not. They're going back to Mercedes power. So there would have been that kind of interesting Renault tie-in, you know, uh, Ricardo going from the Renault's works team to a Ren- uh, Renault customer team. Uh, McLaren seemed to be uh, building good cars again. Uh, they, they definitely seem to be going good with the uh, with the Renault power unit in it. But, you know, the, the Mercedes power unit is the best one in Formula One. And I think that uh, a lot of people are going to just uh, really be looking forward to uh, to seeing that get back in the McLaren. And, and uh, that, that'll be the big, uh, big question, whether or not is that going to be the, the the game changer? You know, how much uh, more are they going to get in terms of performance out of the Mercedes compared to what they're getting from uh, Renault right now? So, uh, like I say, going to be a fun one to watch. And uh, but just talking about that, uh, you know, uh, uh, McLaren and uh, that uh, science uh, move, they actually uh, had the potential to to uh, put the you know uh, put the brakes on uh, Science's move to uh, Ferrari for next uh, season, but they decided to actually uh, let him go uh, to uh, to bring Ricardo on instead because. Uh, uh, science was going into an option year in his contract uh, next year and i guess they must have felt that uh, you know that uh, what, what with him already wanting to leave and then, uh, you know, having a, a driver like uh, Danny Ricardo, uh, you know, uh, expressing interest that uh, he wanted to, uh, you know, come to to McLaren, that that obviously uh, was uh, too, uh, you know, too good to, uh, you know, to, to, to pass up. Anyways, uh, Zach Brown, the CEO of uh, McLaren, he was on the uh, F1 Beyond the, uh, the the Grid podcast uh, recently, and he said, quote, uh, when talking about uh, Carlos, quote, we could have kept him. We had an agreement uh, where we could have stopped that. Uh, we had an option. We tried to get uh, Daniel Ricardo to the, the first time around a couple of years ago so he was always the highest on our list uh, and when Andreas Seidel uh, joined we kept in touch with Daniel so conversations were started with Daniel we got the sense he wasn't happy where he was at Renault uh, so it was more of the stars uh, aligned in that we wanted to explore uh, Daniel Carlos wanted to explore Ferrari what we could have said uh, no but we had an interest in Daniel and we kind of thought uh, if we can end up with Daniel Carlos ends up with Ferrari then that's a good ending for both of us end quotes well <laughs> it definitely is a good ending for uh, McLaren and, and and Zach Brown. I don't know if it's uh, such a good uh, ending for uh, for Carlos Sainz. Um, I mean, they're, you know, Ferrari's going to have a very good uh, driver lineup uh, next year, obviously, with uh, Carlos Sainz and uh, Charles Leclerc. Unfortunately for both Carlos and Charles, uh, you know, whether or not they have a good car underneath them and a good engine in the back of that car, that remains uh, to, to be seen. But I mean, you know, if you have that opportunity to go to Ferrari, I don't think anybody would uh, would turn that down. So you can certainly see why uh, Carlos Sainz uh, decided decided uh, to do that and uh, and make the move to Ferrari. Anyways, uh, time here for one final break on the Overtime Media Network. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. 
Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is not the London I grew up in. It's time to take back our city. This granny's joining the resistance. Are you? Play Watch Dogs Legion. Available October 29th. Rated M for Mature. All right. Well, welcome back to the show. And just a couple of items uh, before we close it down for this week. Uh, Sergio Perez says that he's made uh, progress in uh, finding, uh, sorting out his Formula One future. And uh, well, I mean, uh, much like uh, Sebastian Vettel was saying in recent months, uh, he's in no rush to to finalize any deals for for twenty twenty one. He's been one of these guys that's uh, been left uh, without a seat. It's kind of strange and kind of cruel the way that uh, Formula One works, uh, especially for a guy like uh, Sergio Perez. I mean. Uh, he uh, really has uh, been, uh, you know, he's been the guy at uh, Racing Point slash Force India. But uh, again, when you have a guy like Sebastian Vettel on the market, you can understand, especially with the rebrand to Aston Martin for 2021 and all the money that uh, Lance, or sorry, Lawrence Stroll and his team are putting into uh, in, into Aston Martin, both in the, the Formula One team and uh, into the, the, the parent company to the, the, the road cars. You can understand why they'd want, uh, you know, a big name uh, driver like uh, Sebastian Vettel. Uh, unfortunately for uh, uh, Sergio Perez, that meant he was the odd man out. And uh, he says that uh, he only wants to commit to a team that is going to offer him some sort of long-term potential with the, you know, the, the new regs coming in in 2022. And, uh, you know, there were, he was uh, asked after, you know, uh, the, the the Russian Grand Prix where things are, are going in uh, in regards to his uh, future in Formula One. He said that there, there has been some progress and uh, he didn't uh, really uh, say there was going to be a, a quick finalization of these uh, talks and discussion. Anyways, uh, Checo had to say, quote, uh, who knows really, nothing is signed yet, uh, but definitely there's been some uh, progress, so we will see in the coming weeks. As I said before, I think uh, at this stage, no one is uh, in any hurry, not the teams, not myself, so let's wait still. There is a long way to go, end quote. So... Well, I mean, there, there's a couple of, uh, you know, uh, options there. I mean, uh, one is Haas, who said that they have uh, up to 10 names uh, on their list, uh, including, uh, you know, Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen would have been uh, their, their drivers uh, for the past couple of years. And, uh, you know, um, uh, Sergio Perez, I mean, he's got a pretty good, uh, he's proven in Formula One. He has lots of sponsorship money that he brings uh, from from his uh, home uh, home country, Mexico. Uh, you know, however, um, team principal Haas, Gunther Steiner, said uh, that uh, it is, 
is uh, not a, a given or a no-brainer, I think was his exact uh, words uh, to sign uh, Sergio Perez. But, uh, you know, I mean, certainly he's got to be in that uh, conversation. I mean, you also have a guy like uh, Nico Hulkenberg that's uh, out there. And, I mean, he's uh, proven to be a, a good driver as well. I mean, wouldn't it be kind of uh, interesting, you know, that if um, – say Haas part ways with both uh, Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen. You see uh, Sergio Perez and Nico Hulkenberg teamed up again in Formula One at uh, at uh, at a team like Haas. And I, I think that, uh, honestly, either one of those guys would be a good driver for, for them to sign. So anyway, so we'll keep an eye on that, uh, see what happens with the, with the, uh, Perez and also with uh, Hulkenberg. I mean, he did very well in that one race when he came in and filled in uh, for, for Sergio when he had uh, COVID a couple of uh, months ago. Anyways, uh, son of former, well, seven-time world champion Michael Schumacher, his son uh, Mick, and also Callum Illot uh, will get their first official runs in a Formula One practice session at the Eiffel Grand Prix at the Nürburgring uh, next week. And uh, this was uh, came as uh, Ferrari made uh, an announcement uh, for what they're planning with uh, a bunch of their young uh, uh, drivers. Uh, Schumacher is going to drive uh, for Alfa Romeo uh, in Antonio Giovinazzi's uh, car. Illot uh, will uh, drive uh, in one of uh, Roman Grosjean. John Haas cars and uh, Robert Schwartzman uh, will get uh, the first uh, free practice uh, uh, run at uh, Abu Dhabi, uh, but uh, the, he doesn't know which uh, team that's uh, going uh, going to be. So uh, they're also going to get a chance to uh, uh, test at uh, Ferrari's uh, Fior- uh, Fiorano uh, test track uh, on Wednesday and uh, driving uh, the the SF seventy one H, which is their their twenty eighteen car, which was a very good car. Obviously, it was a title compen- uh, contender, and uh, so it's good to see that uh, some of these young guys are going to get. Uh, behind uh, the the wheel and uh, certainly I think Mick Schumacher just uh, well I mean uh, you know the, his background and uh, you know the family name his, uh, his dad obviously seven time world champion is uh, you know his Ralph his uncle Ralph Schumacher Michael's younger brother uh, you know multiple uh, race winner not nearly as good as his brother but a decent Formula 1 uh, driver in his own right so it's uh, kind of cool uh, to see uh, anyways uh, Ross Braun the, uh, the managing director of motorsport at uh, Formula 1 and also uh, you know he was uh, you know at at, uh, at Ferrari during the Schumacher glory era. Uh, he had to say, quote, when you carry the mantle of the name Schumacher, it is not an easy gig. It can give you some benefits, but uh, you're the subject of scrutiny the whole time. Mick has handled it amazingly well in the latter part of the season, his uh, second season in Formula 2. We have started to see him mature, develop extremely well as a racing driver. Russia was an excellent weekend for him. I'm full of optimism for his future, end quote. So there you go. Good to, good to see. And then uh, this one uh, also involves uh, Ferrari under the who really or the category of uh, who really cares and why even uh, bother. They apparently are going to introduce uh, further upgrades uh, to their car, to the SF1000 uh, for the Nürburgring next uh, weekend. Uh, they ran a bunch of new parts uh, on their car at the Russian Grand Prix uh, at Sochi. Uh, well, I mean... Uh, that's maybe uh, a little bit harsh. I mean, uh, Charles actually uh, uh, finished f- uh, six, which was his best result in uh, six uh, races. Uh, so they had uh, new rear wing end plates, uh, a new nose cape, uh, nose ca- uh, sorry, nose cap, and uh, tuning vanes. And uh, you know, while well, they've had the, obviously their 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 issues, uh, you know, Charles actually said that uh, just driving the car doesn't feel like uh, there's a, a big difference, but uh, you know, the, the data says that there is a small gain in uh, performance. So. I guess it's probably not a bad thing, especially, uh, you know, what, what next year is going to be a development on this year. So you might as well, uh, you know, try and make, uh, you know, improvements uh, where you can. 
anyways, uh, Bahrain, where we're going to be uh, going in uh, a couple of months, uh, is uh, they're, they're saying that they're not uh, anticipating using the outer loop layout uh, to, to become its regular Formula One uh, Grand Prix track uh, following the, the planned debut in December. So they're going to host uh, two races there at the end of this year as part of this uh, revised calendar, of course. And, uh, you know, so it, it's going to be uh, pretty cool uh, uh, to see. So um, they have uh, different uh, circuit layouts uh, for the two events, and they're going to use this outer loop uh, configure, configuration for the second race on uh, December 6th. Uh, so, you know, that uh, that's going to be uh, pretty cool uh, to, to see how that, uh, you know, goes as, uh, you know, goes as well. So um, it, it is, you know, I, I'm really like this idea, the, the, the way that they're going to do this. Uh, you know, the, this circuit to CEO, uh, Sheikh Salman, uh, he said, it's an interesting year. I think decisions we made, uh, especially with us, uh, uh, because of the situation that we're in, it is a lot shorter of the track. So for us, I think the international layout is something that we know more fans can see because of the inner part and the technical aspect. It's a decision that they made considering the situation that they're in and they would uh, have to uh, do more events. If we had one race per year, if we were chosen for one race only, it would be on the international layout, which is like the, the first race in Bahrain this year, end quote. So uh, Bahrain is able to make use of the outer loop as uh, the, the layout has a, a grade one circuit license and uh, that's what uh, all tracks uh, need if they want to host uh, an F1 uh, race. So they're, they're not going to really have to make a lot of uh, big uh, modifications to the track to host uh, the Secure Grand Prix, it, which is uh, going to mark uh, the, the first international event on the outer loop. So it's going to be uh, kind of cool. Anyways, uh, Sheikh Salman goes on to say, quote, Formula One technically now have to, uh, taken a more detailed approach to all layouts, where they put the cameras, where they put all of that. I think with Pat Simons. Uh, they have a technical team now in our promoters meeting. They have their own presentation saying uh, what we can use, how we can use them. They're approaching it more, which gives us confidence uh, that they chose uh, that layout with understanding everything. Uh, the track layout and the lighting will be set up uh, for F1 standards and all of that. End quote. So they're going to be hosting rounds 15 and 16 of the, the 17 race uh, season. And, uh, you know, for me, and it's going to be uh, two legs of a, a triple header. And that's going to be uh, completed uh, with uh, Abu Dhabi to, uh, to, to round out uh, the season at the, the end of the year. So, you know, that, that's going to be awesome. You know, I was uh, looking at the, the, uh, the, the schedule uh, last week. I thought uh, we had all of our uh, triple headers, uh, you know, behind us. But, uh, you know, I know it's tough for the teams, but, you know, for, for fans, for people like us, it really is cool. And, uh, you know, it's something to look forward to knowing that each and every week you got uh, a race coming up and uh, and finally uh, the organizers of the Australian Grand Prix are they're working hard towards hosting the opening round of the uh, the 2021 season in March uh, and it's a traditional uh, mind time slot uh, you know it's usually about the the, the middle of March and has been for uh, quite uh, you know quite some time um, they're looking tentatively at a date of uh, March 14th and uh, they they are actually planning to have spectators uh in the uh, in the stands as well uh but uh, i mean it, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be tough because they have some pretty strict uh you know covid rules uh in effect there which uh well i mean it's gonna be uh like we've seen at uh, some other tracks with limited uh you know capacity and uh you know grandstands may be repositioned and social distancing and all that uh i mean it seems to be you know uh, kind of um 
it seems seems a bit of a push, a bit of a stretch because Melbourne is in the middle of a, a what they call a stage four lockdown because uh, you know that they've had a pretty uh, deadly uh, second wave of COVID nineteen. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, new case numbers down there are actually going back towards single figures, and so they're they're hoping that uh, down there that they're going to be back to uh, normal by Christmas, and uh, if they can get there, then it's uh, going to set the foundation uh, to actually start hosting events like the Australian o- Open and the, uh, the the Australian Grand Prix uh, next year. So uh, certainly we hope uh, that uh, that would be the case, not just for the, uh, you know, for the Formula One race, but uh, just life in general, because uh, it's been a tough, tough year. Anyways, uh, that's it uh, for the show this week. Um, a little bit shorter than usual, but it's been a crazy, crazy week here. I just don't have the energy this week. Uh, I've been working late, so I'm just going to you know, keep it uh, before I fall asleep here. I don't know how I managed to actually get through the show this evening without coffee, but somehow I did. And that's probably a good thing because uh, I want to go to sleep in a little while. and <laughs> I don't want to get too much caffeine into my system, uh, you know, too late in the evening and, uh, and get all revved up. Uh, but anyways, that's a bit of a tangent. Anyways, thank you so much for downloading and listening to the show. If you want to get in touch, as always, always love the emails and tweets. Uh, please do so. Twitter at ScooteryF1Pod. Email ScooteryFPod at gmail.com. And that's it. That's a wrap. Have a great week and a great weekend. And I'll talk to you guys this time next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Scuderia F1 podcast. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, then head over to ScuderiaF1Pod.com. Want to get in touch with us? Then email us at ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com. This is not the London I grew up in. It's time to take back our city. This granny's joining the resistance. Are you? Play Watch Dogs Legion. Available October 29th. Rated M for Mature.